my pleasure to read the Bible for you today. The reading is Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall, he lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Greetings. It's my uh, joy and privilege to be able to open up the scriptures this morning for a one-off sermon on, from the psalm, Psalm 46, a really relevant and helpful psalm in this current time that we're going through during COVID. Um, but let me begin by praying. Heavenly Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit will enable us to pay attention to this text to be astonished by this text and then to tell about the truths of this wonderful passage so that we might encourage ourselves and others not to live by fear but by faith in the midst of the troubles of life. And we pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I love the Psalms. They are real. Uh, they give vent to the raw emotions of people of faith. They climb the heights of joy and they plummet the depths of grief. They call all creation to praise God. And yet at times we hear the voice of the individual crying out in anger at God because of their circumstances. So the Psalms teach us how to pray. Their theology in song Today we focus on Psalm 46, a song whose lessons we desperately need to embrace in this current season of trouble, the pandemic, the lockdowns that have come from that, Afghanistan, climate change, the list goes on and on. Psalm 46 comes into that context and it commands us to stop, to be silent and to see God. Now, these were lessons a dear friend of mine, who's now home with the Lord, Lon Allison, actually literally built into the fabric of his life. Let me explain. Lon, along with his wife, Marie, were very busy and diligent servants of Christ. They recognized that amidst the troubles, the stresses and challenges of life and gospel ministry, that they needed a place of refuge. So they bought a small condominium in Palm Desert, California, 
a place that Sue and I have had the privilege of holidaying in on two occasions. On the first occasion we arrived at the house, I was uh, noted the sign on the door. They'd called the house Selah. Uh, that little word is found three times in Psalm 46 at the end of verse 3, verse 7 and verse 11. This term may suggest a musical pause or rest, an opportunity for silence and to meditate on what has been sung before a new idea is introduced. Certainly, Lon took Selah in this way. He planned for his condominium to be a place to pause, to rest from the pressing demands of ministry and life to breathe in afresh the Spirit's words in Scripture and to see God literally in the wonderful desert creation that surrounded the condominium. Now to all of us who are listening here uh, on, the, on the screen or watching at the moment, Psalm 46 has invaluable lessons to teach us about how to remain faithful amidst the troubles and fears of living on a fallen planet. We know that troubles arise externally, COVID, nature's fury, wars, abuse, dementia, unemployment, and a lot of lately loneliness. But troubles also can arise internally. Doubts, insecurities, mental anguish, and the list goes on. Such troubles, external and internal, can produce fear and anxiety. And fear and anxiety can be like the red light, engine light that comes up on a car. It's a warning that you need to do something in order for something worse not to happen. And so let our fears be like that red light that we will do something before, like the car, we become immobilised. So how do we keep God in focus when the troubled human heart can be a factory of fear and anxiety? Well, let's see how Psalm 46 instructs us. Let's see what its solution is. Let's stop, be silent, and see God in this wonderful song of Scripture. First, then, we see faith and troubles in creation. The first stanza, verses 1 to 3. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the sea. Though the waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. The psalm begins where it ought to, with God. It's also the place where we need it to start. Why? Because we live on a planet that no longer works as it was designed to. Due to humanity's grasping for independence, not just people, but the whole of creation is broken, unstable and dangerous. Try as our greatest minds might, they have not been able to control creation, earthquake, volcanoes, tornadoes and floods. Just a few things that happen 
that we're not able to control. These observable realities can quickly put paid to human arrogance and bring fear in their wake. Global warming, with its melting ice caps, rising tides, more frequent and intense storms, higher temperatures producing massive wildfires. These may cause many to respond with fear and trembling. But this ought not ultimately to be our response as the community of faith. Why? Because God is our refuge and strength. He is an ever-present help in trouble. Let's unpack this description. First of all, refuge. He is a defensive image. God is a place of safety and security, a place of spiritual protection and retreat. Strength. He is a dynamic image. God is a place of empowerment and courage. He makes the weak strong and the fearful courageous. He is ever or very present help. He is a personal image. God is never absent. He is always ready and able to provide assistance. We recall our Lord's personal promise at the end of his ministry in Matthew 28. I am with you always. It was through the Spirit who dwelt in and empowered Jesus that now dwells and empowers us, that Jesus is with us. So we don't need to ever go looking for God in the crisis. We need only to stop and recall him. To do as Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Or as Jesus taught the disciples in that wild storm on the Sea of Galilee, when the disciples were thrown into fear, he questioned them and called for faith to be the right response in the midst of troubles, not fear. Why? Because he was present with them. Notice, dear sisters and brothers, that our confidence resides completely and utterly in a person. The Lord Almighty who is sufficient for all troubles and emergencies. Our refuge is not a place to run to, but a person to be with, the living God. There have been in history when crises, times in history, when crises have arisen and kings and queens, presidents and prime ministers, premiers and politicians would call on their people, their citizens to gather to pray because things were out of their control. One outstanding example of that would be World War II with 338,000 troops stranded on Dunkirk and seemingly the German army coming to uh, capture them or kill them. The people were called to prayer and the churches were filled. And when the next day dawned, almost 340,000 British and Allied troops were evacuated, basically and largely unscathed. Sadly today, it appears the public call for prayer is too politically dangerous. So in a global pandemic of devastating proportions across our globe, 
Our only recourse, it appears, is to science and human ingenuity. But may we, the community of faith, not be overwhelmed by fear, but faith. So we are going to introduce, for a period of time during lockdown, a new initiative as a church. We know that at 11 a.m. every day, weekday, Gladys and her team inform us of where things stand in New South Wales. Our response could be to watch that and become more fearful and apprehensive, more discouraged and disappointed. But what we are going to do is we're going to launch a 15-minute time of prayer at 12 noon every weekday. There'll be a Zoom link that'll be available to you if you're able to plug in to join with us to pray. And if you can't plug in, don't worry. Just take the time at 12 noon to pray about the things that we have been told about in the New South Wales announcements at 11. Let that be our response to trust our God and to bring our needs of our own country and state and the world to him. Notice that the first stanza, verses 1 to 3, ends with a sila. Believers stop, are silent, and see God. For as Psalm 46, 1 stated at the beginning, and let me invite you to say this aloud uh, in your room, wherever you're watching, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. So first we see faith in the face of troubles in creation. And now we see faith and troubles in the city in the second stanza. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We move here from the upheaval of nature to the upheaval of nations. The language suggests that Jerusalem, the city of God, is under siege. The fact the city does not fall may mean this is a reference to the Assyrian siege of 701 BC. It was then, at the break of day, the citizens of Jerusalem woke to find the Assyrian army decimated and those that remained departed due to the Lord's intervention. God is in control. As the psalmist says, he lifts his voice, the earth, the citizens melt. God is in control not only of the troubles in creation, but also the troubles in cities and international politics. And in both, the Lord is with and for his people. Again, we notice the stress in these words on God being present. He dwells with his people. It was, of course, in the temple, the holy place, that the Lord Almighty was seen to dwell in ancient Israel. But then the Lord Almighty dwelt among us with Jesus, full of grace and truth. Jesus engaged with people 
under siege from demons, disease and death, as Mark 4, 5 tells us. Situations where human resources, chains and doctors had failed miserably to fix people's troubles. But Jesus came and he lifts his voice. Demons departed, disease left and death melted into life. We see faith dispelling fear in these stories. And at the cross, Jesus lifted his voice again. Father, forgive them. And finally, the cry of victory. It is finished. Here is the king of God's kingdom, overwhelming Satan and sin, bringing salvation to a broken planet. John Newton aptly wrote, how sweet the name of Jesus sounds in our believers' ears. It soothes his sorrows, heals his wounds, and drives away his fear. Today, the church and Christian are the very dwelling places of the Lord. We are temples of the Holy Spirit, corporately and individually. To use the language of Psalm 46, verse 4, we are the holy place, the holy places where the Most High dwells. But we too uh, can find ourselves under siege, under siege by floods of cancer, pain and dementia. And this is very real. I have in my hand a four-page, very small print document that has the names of many members of our community at Victory Anglican Church who are walking through the midst of the shadows of death, the struggles of disease, and the sadness of loss. There are many people who need to know that the Lord is indeed dwelling in them. The siege can also come in the undermining tides of materialism, earthquakes of persecution, thunderclaps of media seeking to silence the gospel, to shut us up, wildfires of false teaching contradicting scripture, hurricanes of abuse, addiction and betrayals seeking to tear apart family relationships. Some of you may be feeling under siege as I speak. And if you are watching this and you do not know this Lord, this God, this Jesus we are speaking about, can I urge you, to turn and trust in him. And if you need more information, please contact us at connect at myfac.org.au so we can be of support and encouragement to you or SMSs on 0482928079. Don't try and walk alone when you can walk with the fellowship of the community of faith and with the infilling of the Holy Spirit that comes as we place our trust in Jesus. Now, at some point, Christian or non-Christian, we'll experience troubles in a fallen planet that doesn't work right. Let's turn and trust Jesus, who is the actual embodiment of this verse. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob, Jesus 
is our fortress. Jesus, the foundation of faith. Interestingly, the phrase, the God of Jacob, reminds us of Jacob's family history. It recorded for us in Genesis 25 to 50. It's a long story. It's an ugly story. It isn't pretty at all. It depicts a family seething with crises and dramas, deceptions and feuds, rebellion and heartache. As one commentator put it, if Jacob's life and family was condensed into a half-hour episodes, you'd have the mother of all soap operas. And yet the God of Jacob took hold of such a man and a family. He brought them under control. He used their turbulences and, their, and harnessed their energies for his divine purposes. And so Jacob's family story ends with Joseph commenting on his brother's betrayal and deceit, saying in Genesis 50 verse 20, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. The Lord Almighty, who made something good out of struggling Jacob's family, is with us. The Lord, in his perfect timing, still turns troubles into triumph as we trust him. And he is still with us even when the troubles continue. So we notice that the solution to our troubles and disturbances, the solution to the siege works that are at times built against us, isn't the physical city or fortress itself. It's the city's resident the Most High God who lives within her and who lives within us. We human beings have a capacity to build all sorts of fortresses so that we can be safe. Emotional ones, to avoid pain and hide our insecurities. We put up barriers so people can't come in. Financial ones, to establish material security so we feel safe. Theological ones. Sometimes we develop our own view of how God operates and we don't listen to anybody else because we've got it right. Or we might be people who have developed an understanding of God that says, I can withdraw from the world. I don't need to witness to the world. And that way I can be safe. These fortresses are of no long-term use only one fortress is needed we can't build it but simply trust it but of course it's not actually an it at all it's a divine him the God of Jacob the Lord Jesus who now dwells in us in the spirit so may the community of faith not be overwhelmed by fear but faith like the first stanza this second one ends with Selah. Therefore, sisters and brothers, let's stop, be silent, and see God. For as Psalm 46 verse 7 states, in which I invite you to say along with me, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So we have seen faith and troubles in creation and city, but now faith 
and troubles terminated. Our final stanza. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields or chariots with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. God of Jacob is our fortress. Note the two commands in verse 8 and then 10. First, come and see, and then be still and know. The second follows from the observations of the first. What God has done leads us to be encouraged to be still. We have already noted God's wonderful track record in overturning the strivings of Jacob for the salvation of the 12 tribes of Israel, his family. But there's more to observe. God, in his sovereign timing, makes a habit of restraining the evils of humanity. Biblical history provides an abundant supply of examples. Pharaoh's demise in Egypt via the plagues in the Red Sea. Joshua's victory at Jericho. David's triumph over Goliath. And the most amazing one of all, the empty tomb conquering death on the first Easter morn. And what would we make of Hitler's demise? The fall of communism. You see, warmongers and troublemakers, including abusers, adulterers, bullies, ruthless employers who put profits over people, all will one day be called to account. For as Psalm 46.10 boldly declares, God will be exalted among the nations. He will be exalted in the earth. So we see our songwriter calls us to both look back to past victories and forward to future veneration. He anticipates a time to come when nations and nature will bow the knee as God is elevated above everyone and everything. One can't read these words without, for me anyway, the New Testament eyes coming and alighting on Philippians 2, 9 to 11. Therefore God exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The God who has and will silence the troublemakers of human society also calls us to ponder his person, his power and his providence. In Psalm 46.10, he says, Be still and know that I am God. This is my wife Sue's favourite Bible verse and it's a ripper, isn't it? Yet it's a text I believe we busy people struggle to heed. It slips off our tongues, but doesn't slip into our practice. I suspect many of us struggle, despite the current lockdowns, to stop, be silent, and truly see God in all his sovereign power, love, and grace. 
How are we to understand the phrase, be still? I sometimes find Eugene Peterson's uh, paraphrase of of the scriptures very helpful, other times not so. But on this occasion, it struck me as being helpful. He he, um, says this, step out of the traffic. Be still. Step out of the traffic. Pull over, as it were. Uh, When I was a a younger minister and we had young children, when it came to my holidays, Sue and I would pack the kids in the car and head to the beach wherever we were going. And it may be five or six hours away, even further. And my goal is always to get there as quickly as possible. Whereas Sue is trying to keep saying to me, stop, pull over. Let's start relaxing now. Let's give the kids a break from driving in the car. I need to hear that now and still. I need to stop and get out of the traffic. I need to pull over. I need to regularly rest in Christ. A poetic expression of this truth, of this verse, is captured by Elizabeth Barrett Browning in words from her poem, Aurora Lee. She writes, Earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush alive with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit around and pluck blackberries. Are we so easily distracted that we miss God in our busy activities? Are we plucking blackberries from all over the place and not seeing the wonder of God's hand in the circumstances around us? Can I encourage us all, if we're not already, to every day heed our Lord's command? Be still and know that I am God. Let's stop worrying. Let's take some time for solitude with the Lord Almighty who is with us, the God of Jacob who is our fortress. Let us join with our online life groups if you're a member of one or join up for one so that together we might keep the Lord Jesus at the centre of our lives and keep plugging into our services. Make it your standard practice. We all know that online is not like being here. We long for the day we can be back. But until then, it is a gift from God that other generations did not have that we can still gather and worship him. Finally, we note the psalm ends by repeating verse 7. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Here we are wonderfully reminded that despite the reality, the Lord's exaltation is yet a future hope. The Lord is in a very real sense a present help in trouble. He is with us. So the psalm concludes where it began with a spectacular reminder that the community of faith does not face the troubles of life alone. Creation and citizens may war against us, but we are never alone. A truth we need to pause and ponder more than we do. Now before the All Blacks go into battle in the rugby field, They perform the haka. It's designed to embolden themselves and intimidate their opponents. We could do worse as we engage the troubles of our world in making Psalm 46, 7 and verse 11 our own personal haka. Before the troubles of the world, let us say the Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. I began by asking the question, 
How do we keep God in focus when the troubled human heart can be a factory of fear and anxiety? Do you ever wake in the early morning sweating and anxious of heart? Does sleep escape you as the troubles and tasks of the day haunt you? Does sleep just drift away and you just cannot get back to it? This is sometimes so true of me. And I know I need the message of this psalm. I need to learn to fear the Lord and him alone. As Oswald Chambers wrote, the remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. So please hear the Lord our God this morning. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Hear these words. Be still and know that I am God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that these wonderful truths of Scripture will be soaked up into our souls, that your Holy Spirit who lives within us might bring them to mind when we feel overwhelmed by our circumstances. May we be astonished by your grace, but may we share it with others that we might embolden each other to be faithful. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.